driving lessons right now, and I, I, I probably set him back about five years because he asked me one night if he could um, drive to my parents' house because we were going there for dinner. And I said, sure. And as we were driving, I'm not used to being in the passenger side, right? And it looked like he was getting so close to the parked cars, and I freaked out. <laughs> I couldn't stop. Like I, it was like the the fear I get when I'm flying and it's turbulent. You know, I couldn't stop myself, and so he made me stop the car mm-hmm. and take him home. Mm-hmm. And he didn't go to my parents' house for dinner. And he said he didn't want to he didn't want to see me, and that he probably Ooh. would never get in the car with me again. <gasps> oh wow. wow! It was bad. It was my fault, wow. of course. I, I, there's something admirable about that to be so certain of to kick his... your mother out of the car. Yeah. 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 I don't know. There's something that he's stick to his principles about that, and you just oh, bug, got, bugged him so much. Mm-hmm. He's got principles; it's just no one else shares them. <laughs> <laughs> How come he likes car racing, but he's never learned to drive? Yeah, there you go. Um, we started last year, but then when um, I tried to get him, <laughs> I tried to get him some lessons, and everyone that was recommended either didn't come to our area or they were booked already. So there was one final place that got some good reviews, right? And he went on one lesson with this guy, and the guy was nuts. Like, he was grabbing Luis's arm. He was yelling at him. He took him... Luis told him he had never really driven before. He took him to this very busy intersection that I go to... You know, it's it's a very odd intersection. Very busy. He took him there. Then he drove into Dunkin' Donuts parking lot with him where he got $500 from some guy for something. And, you know, it was just nightmarish. And Luis is like, I am not getting back in the car. I was, Don't blame him. I know. So usually, like, my research is okay, you know, but, like, when Luis went back and researched him, everyone was like, this guy's nuts. So I never even paid the guy. I stopped the check, and he called me up. He's like, well, you have to pay for the lesson, the first lesson. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And I never got mm-hmm. back in touch. I said, you're you're lucky that I don't report you to someone. <laughs> right, so. right, right. He made $500 that night, so. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that was about. But yeah. so that was the for the initial try for it. Right. So. Well, but he does go-karts, you know, so that, but that's the problem with his driving, at least that I could see initially was like when he would make a turn, like you would hold onto the wheel, like you have to in a go-kart, but you got to let go of the wheel. Right. <laughs> so, it, so the wheels turn. Well, so it goes back, <laughs> you know, right. Whenever we go anywhere, I, I always drive, but when I had the cataract surgery and so on, she'd have to drive me back. And it was terrifying, just like you said. White knuckled? She's not unsafe in any way, but, of course, I'm an extraordinary driver. Very of course. smooth and of course. sensitive and calculating. She is hard on the accelerator and then waits as long as possible and slams on the brakes. Mm-hmm. It's it, And like you said, coming close to the edge, like here in Tennessee, there are no shoulders. The road stops, and then there's a oh. d- drop into a ditch. Oh, she rides right along that edge of that road and the tires going along the edge. Oh, thinking, that would drive me crazy. That, oh, God. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and you're looking down like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then does the banjo start to play, too? <laughs> <laughs> Smokey and the bandit. Well, he Luis was also going to do boxing, but two weeks into his boxing training, someone injured him. So now he's going to PT mm. for that. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to make it back to boxing this summer or not. Uh, hmm. What kind of injury? 
Um, we went to the doctor about it because he like couldn't even move it above a certain. It, it, the doctor thinks there was like a a tear of like the connective tissue in there. <clears throat> So, you know, he's just doing, they're try. it wasn't a rotator cuff injury, but mm-hmm. the PT said you try to strengthen the rotator cuff and muscles around it to, to make up for that tear because a tear mm. might not ever even heal. Right. So, so you're building up everything around it to, for strength. Yeah. Right. So, mm. but today he's going to mow my lawn or he's going to mow his aunt's lawn and his grandparents' lawn. So those are some of the things he's doing. <laughs> that's funny. My son's mowing lawns for other people today as well. Heavy machinery. Yeah, that's, that's, how he, that's where he learned everything is driving that big old mower around. Oh, you guys. Zero, the zero turn. You guys have one of those zero one turn. of those ride-on mowers. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Did he start doing that when he was 10? Both of my kids started mowing the lawn when they were really young, yeah. On that tractor? On that tractor, uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. When it came time for them to get their licenses, it was, you know, not that hard because they already knew kind of how to drive and how to back up and how to yeah. maneuver around things and, yeah. Okay, I saw Barbie. I was oh, wow. wondering if you were going to see that or Oppenheimer. <laughs> you know, I'm not so interested in Oppenheimer. I mean, I heard it's super good and everything, but... I don't know. You know, war and war adjacent movies I'm not are not my favorite. Like, I put war movies a step above rom com Hollywood rom coms, right? right? So, not right. my favorite. And a, and a movie like that that just makes you realize the war isn't over and won't ever be depressing. More stress you don't need. Yeah, it's true. So, what about Barbie? I mean, it was fun. You know, and Ryan Gosling is definitely worth the price of admission. <laughs> I mean, he was really... That's what I heard. I don't know if you guys saw... Did we talk about that movie, The Nice Guys, with him and Russell yeah, Crowe? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that was the first time I think... I feel like I saw him being really funny. I watched that after we talked about it. What did you think? It was funny. Very funny. I loved it. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of, that's one of those movies I could watch over and over again when I don't usually do that. So, but um, yeah, he was really funny. The you know it looked it all looked good, but it was you know I don't know <laughs> it, you know if it if it was trying to be like subversive or whatever, it didn't really do it. You know, I mean, like the ending was all like kumbaya. You know. Of course. And, uh, yeah, so... How was it visually? I mean, it was, was, like it was really good looking. so it much was... pink in the trailers. It just kind of, it looks like Pepto-Bismol. It was. There was a lot of pink. And it was really funny, too, because I had the feeling that this must be the case. I think all the costumes that they had were all real Barbie mm-hmm. costumes. You know what I mean? Like, they, and in, in a couple of scenes, they showed, like, the actual, it was hysterical. And, and like the Kens, geez Louise, because there's, you know, multiple Barbies, multiple Kens and, um, <laughs> Kens were hysterical. There was like one, uh, I didn't even, well, why would I realize I, I only had one Barbie growing up anyway, so I was never, you know, a huge fan or, but, um, apparently there was a sugar daddy Ken <laughs> and what that meant. I don't know. I mean, I guess he had a dog named sugar uh-huh. and he had a big wallet. Something like that. Sugar Daddy Ken. Can you imagine? But like the outfits that he wore. Oh, hysterical. And Ryan, I mean, Ryan Gosling. (laughs) And one, he's got like this black cowboy outfit with white fringe and a white cowboy hat. And then he's got like the, that full length ermine coat Mm -hmm. on through a lot of the movie. Looks like a pimp. It sounds like. (laughs) 
it was just, well, you know, I mean, really, they look like hookers and Ken's do sort of, in some cases, look like pimps, right? I mean, yeah. I saw a thing this morning that Barbie is based on a on a German hooker. What? No way. <laughs> well, Come on. I, yeah. She based her name on her daughter, so. There is a, a German cartoon, you know, comic strip. And there was Lily was a high end prostitute, and she was the star of the, the comic strip. Really? The head of Mattel was in Germany and saw that and how popular it was, and bought the rights or something, and and came back with that idea in mind when they designed Barbie. Well, it's on History Cool Kids on Instagram. So here's the thing, right? If that movie really wanted to be subversive, they certainly would have referenced that. Yeah. Um, the only well, like mildly, you know, like subversive thing they had was they had um, Rhea Perlman playing the creator of Barbie. And she mentioned twice that her tax evasion issues. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Um, but no mention of the German hooker. Yeah, I'll, I'll find that. Yeah, I'd <laughs> love to see it. Jeez Louise. So, Bailey, were you a Barbie person? Not really. I had a I had a skipper who was Barbie's cousin. Oh, you didn't have the grow boobs? You didn't have the grow boobs, Skipper? You know, flat chest and <laughs> acne on her face. Yeah. Seriously? Was there a grow boob, Skipper? I mean, that's not, that wasn't the name, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> introducing, introducing Mattel's new grow boobs. <laughs> um, now, I would like to have been in that brainstorming session, yeah. Now, here's another thing. I, I vaguely remember Midge. Mm-hmm. But they said Midge was a pregnant Barbie, Ooh. and they they you know obviously axed her very quickly. Well, well, growing up with four brothers, we had a lot of we had a lot of GI Joes mm. around the house. Yeah. And one Christmas, I got I got Barbie's convertible car. Oh no! What happened to it? <laughs> I, <laughs> and I came into my bedroom one day and found GI Joe and Skipper six nining in the back of the car. Oh. <laughs> Of course, I had no idea what it was. I was like, oh, who did this? And my brothers were oh snickering. <laughs> so everybody has a story like that, and that's where the movie came from. That's right. Well, actually, another one of the really funny parts was, um, and she was great, Kate McKinnon played weird Barbie. So she was the Barbie that some kid like cut off her hair and had magic right. marker on her face, and was she was eternally in a split. That was really funny. She was funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot, there were a lot of laughs, but, um, you know, it wasn't kind of what I was hoping for. And especially from Greta Gerwig. I don't know. I just expected. You wanted something more subversive and darker and Uh, grittier. No, I mean, I, I just wish I could think of a movie where I went in and I was like, well, that really kicked some butt, you Mm -hmm. know, because they, you know, they talked about the patriarchy and all that, but it just seemed like so like obvious I don't know. It wasn't as subtle. It wasn't as subtle as I wanted. Well, it was as funny as I mm-hmm. want. You know, it was quite funny. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I was just shocked by the amount of interest in it. I I had no idea. The promotional I... machine, though. Holy oh my gosh! Shit. I know. Well, Oppenheimer too. Yeah. It's endless the stuff that they're pulling out. Well, and and what's funny too is I've seen that trailer for Oppenheimer. I don't know, six times maybe. And every time it makes me want to see the movie less. Yeah. I don't know. It just mm. doesn't. Yeah. There's nothing it in it. It just but... seems like overly serious. Yeah. And I mean, how could how could that topic not be? But 
Well, Dr. Strangelove was... Yes. (laughs) Well, can't be that. (laughs) Yeah, but that was entertaining. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Holy shit. Christopher Nolan... I'm sorry, Bailey, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the... um, Wasn't the anniversary of the first atom bomb test was last weekend? Last Sunday or something? So is that why they're releasing it this week? Oh, that would be tacky. I hope not. Not the first dropping of the bomb, but the first right. testing of the bomb. Well, yeah. I guess maybe not as tacky. At Los Alamos, yeah. 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 I just think Christopher Nolan's emphasis on the IMAX and the... Mm-hmm. There's only 19 theaters in the United States where you can see the 70 millimeter. All the money that he spent on that just because he has this obsession with IMAX. And... Well, I mean, we saw Dune in IMAX. And, um, I mean, it was totally worth seeing in that format. However... The mm-hmm. theater, the seats were like this, and so I did not appreciate that. Yeah, very yeah. rigid. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, I'm five one, and I felt squished. There's some theory. I mean, obviously, your brain makes up for what you're looking at, right? So when when you look at a TV screen or a movie theater, after a couple of minutes, you're you're seeing the same thing. Your brain makes hmm. it as big as it needs to be. Hmm. I mean, regardless of whether you're sitting in front of an IMAX screen or your laptop screen? Yeah. I mean, people watch, you know, Lawrence of Arabia on their phone. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're... Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, I don't... I certainly appreciate the big screen more. I mean, I, I've seen Lawrence of Arabia on a big screen and a small screen. And when I'm on the looking at the small screen, I'm like, oh, this is shit. You know, I, it's just not... But that's almost like a, that's like an intellectual decision. Mm-hmm. I, Maybe I I think your your brain doesn't really care. My brain is filling in what it needs. Your brain to, might huh? might like the theatrical experience of the audience and like yeah. that. But I think visually, whatever you're looking at becomes becomes a thing. What you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could be right. I invented podcasting, Grace. So oh, that's I right. Am, I am right. I know you're right. <laughs> But when I see people on planes watching movies on their phones, engrossed for two plus hours, it like hurts me. Yeah, it hurts my eyes to even think about it. But I don't even like to look at movies on the laptop. I yeah, I don't much either. Yeah. Speaking of big screen, I saw Indiana Jones last night. Oh, how was that? Dial of Destiny. <laughs> uh, when you refer to not subtle and Barbie, and there's a little bit of that in this one yeah. too. I mean, there was the there was this usual. Nazis and Indiana Jones finding the the thing and the Nazis coming in behind and stealing it and all that. But, you know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is really fun. And uh, and there's a young kid in it who's also fun, mm. kind of the Steven Spielberg child. Um, but it was fun. But, it, you know, of course, it was a little bit of a reboot. But it's funny because they start out, the first 15 minutes of the film is is kind of a flashback where they've cgi Harrison Ford, so he looks like he's about thirty. Is look is that looking better these days? Like that, it actually uh, looked pretty good. Looked good, yeah, because because Chuck Terminy goes, "Wow, that's amazing makeup," and I'm like, "Dude, that's CGI." <laughs> amazing that's, makeup. Was amazing. Yeah, he couldn't believe it, and uh, so that was sort of fun. And then and then they move forward to Harrison Ford laying in a recliner, falling asleep, fell asleep in front of the television, and so it was kind of that was fun. 
What I kept hearing was the ending was so, so yeah. silly. They fly to Portal and they go to the past, and it's the wrong past. Right. Because mm. the Nazi guy wants to go back to 1939 so he can right. he can suck up to, to the Fuhrer, and they end up back in Archimedes' time. And Harrison Ford wants to stay there. He wants to stay in that, and Phoebe says... You know, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. And she punches him and they go back right. to the portal. And, and then it's a happy ending right. at the end. Yeah. It's a little little too happy and saccharine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they should have had him die. I think so, too. I think they should have just left him there. <laughs> yeah. To no, die. she should have just said, okay, well, you know, change history, man. See yeah. ya. And Indiana Jones and James Bond would both be dead. Yeah. Ooh. That was, that was horrible. Yeah, I know. When he died. It was horrible. Part of me kept thinking that maybe the next franchise will be her as the archaeological adventurer. That'd yeah, be cool. She's she definitely... But, you know, the fanboys would crap their pants about that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Oh, I thought you I, meant... I'm sorry. I thought you meant for Bond. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. The black woman who was the new 007. Right. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that too. Yeah, in both both cases, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard the, the Phoebe thing was not going to happen. Right. But after... Yeah, I read an article, an interview with her, and she said yeah. it was just kind of fun folly. Yeah. This brings us to... Grace, your email, your indecipherable email about grad school. It wasn't indecipherable, was it? Was it really? I guess it must have been. No. I guess no. Oh, well, I mean, it was just reading this article just brought me back to the discussions that we'd have and the readings that we had to do. I mean, it was I was right back in my grad program, you know. Yeah. Where did you get that? Where? How did that pop into your um, life? Let's see. It must have been in one of my feeds for something I subscribed to. I think it was from the New Yorker. So, it, you know, it probably came through in a feed. And when I saw the title, which I can't remember now, <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And, and then I, it was a very interesting read. Mm-hmm. I thought because it really brought like the kind of the theoretical stuff up to date, you know, those and made me think oh i'd really like to read more learn more about what's going on with that you know i have a bad reaction i could never be an academic i don't know shortly after college when i was realizing that working at the kmart was not going to be a real good career move (laughs) i all i had to do is get a couple of hours to get a teaching certificate so i went back and took uh, some education things and i i couldn't do it because i couldn't write the way they wanted you to write well, in an academic setting. I know? mean, that is true. When I think back on some papers that I read, so the article for our listener, the article was just all about the first kind of um, feminist film theory, um, you know, kind of like these these kind of baseline articles about that, that analysis. And um, so when I, you know, when I would write papers, I mean, I always felt like I had to throw in some of the buzzwords, you know, like diegetic and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, the whole gaze thing. Although the gaze thing is very, is what I find most interesting. And I think it's really valid, you know, that, um, you know, so, uh, and in fact, Barbie had the word gaze in it. Um, so obviously, you know, they are aware of that stuff too. I didn't know it went back that far. I, I thought it was a relatively recent. Oh, no. I mean, the, the male gaze. The, yeah, like the Laura Mulvey article, which was, you know, the real touchstone was um, like 70s, I think. So. Yeah, I thought I thought it was maybe 10, 15 years. No. You mean the term gaze? The, the male gaze. Can you explain the male gaze? 
Uh, well, I mean, just that, and this is going to sound really stupid, but, you know, when you're watching a movie in general, they say that, like, all kind of mainstream, and even non-mainstream, but a lot of, you know, film is, like, the images are constructed based on what a male gaze wants to see. Oh, that gaze, yeah. sorry, that male gaze. Yeah. <laughs> G-A-Z-E. Oh. <laughs> I was kind of uh, like off somewhere else, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like my mother was watching a movie one time. We were talking at at a family dinner and my mother's like, yeah, and then Sergei, Sergei died. And my sister goes, Sergei. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, Sergei. (laughs) Sergei. So that's that's because movies are made by men. And, well, right. in general, right? But uh, you know, they say yeah. that, you know, they would argue that even the stuff that women make, you know, it's still so into that, it's so such a part of that system. It, mm-hmm. It's just I find it really, really interesting. And when you look at it, you know, like frame by frame or scene by scene, and in certain movies, it's just really interesting to look at. When I go to the movies, I just try to watch the movie. Well, that's what I do, too. (laughs) But I love learning about it, and I love being, you know, in the classroom and finding out more. That's what I I hear all the time from Cecilia. I'm just trying to watch, and I'll I'll say something about, see that person walking in the background? They were in the scene before wearing the same clothes. Oh, are you one of those? I did that, too. I did that one of those last night, actually, in the movie. You saw a glitch in the continuity? Yeah, I saw I saw an editorial glitch, yeah. Oh, that's so, fun. See, yeah. I never notice that yeah. stuff. I never notice it. I mean, I am to- when I'm watching a movie, I'm totally into it. You know? I mean, that's why there are movies where I'm like, yeah. I wish this were eight hours long, because <laughs> I don't really want to come out of it. Yeah. <laughs>